Hello students, today I am going to deal with Tiger King and this story has been written by Kalki. Now Kalki has tried to weave in satire, humor, irony, everything into this story. And when he talks of this story, he sets it in the pre-independence era. This is a work of fiction. There will be many phrases used in the story which you can identify with the present day but they hold no connection to the past. We'll deal with them as we go on in the story. Now the story, it talks about Sir Jilani Jangjang Bahadur who was the king of Pratibandapuram. Now his father, he died early, so all eyes were on this prince when he was born. The public thought that he would be their savior. So when this prince was born, well, on the 10th day, all the astrologers, all the public, they gathered around him. And the astrologers, they made a prediction. What was the prediction? The chief astrologer, he said, that this boy will grow up to be the greatest of kings. He'll be very brave. He'll be very strong. But the sad part is that one day he would have to die. Now, if you look at it from our point of view, well, anybody who is born has to die. When he made this prediction, they heard a voice. And the voice said, anybody who is born is supposed to die. If you can tell me the manner of death, that would be nice. Everybody started looking here, there, everywhere as to where the voice came from. Then they realized that the voice was of this 10-day-old infant who spoke from the crib. Everybody was surprised. Firstly, a 10-day-old child speaking. And secondly, not only was he speaking, but he was also asking questions. So the chief astrologer, he looked at the baby and then he replied to him. He said, you are born under the hour of the bull. And since bull and tiger are enemies, you will die because of a tiger. If you remember your own childhood, when your mother wanted you to drink milk, she would often tell you, tiger a jayega, sher a jayega, buddha baba a jayega. And you would be scared and drink it in the first few days. This boy, instead of getting scared of the tiger, he replied, he said, then let the tigers beware. This is the rumor that is rife in Pratibandapuram. That a 10-day-old boy, not only did he speak, but he also asked the tigers to beware. Now, if you are asked this question in the exam, that which rumor is rife in Pratibandapuram, you have to mention that the rumor is that this boy wanted the tigers to be cautious of him. He said, let the tigers beware. As time went by, this boy started growing up. And he was brought up in very much the same way the other kings and princes were brought up. He had an English nanny. He had an English tutor. Watch only English movies. And he even drank the milk of an English cow. When the writer uses all these phrases, he is again pulling a satire 
at the situation of the kings and princes sure enough this boy grew up when he was 20 the kingdom passed into his hands till now there was an interim government at place there were wards who were looking after the kingdom so when he got this kingdom the people they had this thing in mind that what will happen if he also dies at the hands of a tiger who will be a savior they had already seen 20 years without a king so they were a little worried they were a little perturbed so the king decided to put all these thoughts to rest he decided that he will first kill a tiger and then decide what to do next so he went hunting and he killed his first tiger and came back he summoned the chief astrologer who had made that prediction and he said what do you have to say now i have killed a tiger obviously the chief astrologer by now he was old and he was weak and the very fact that the king had summoned him and he was asking him these poking questions he was scared of the king but still he told him he says sir the problem is not with the first tiger or the second tiger or the 80th tiger the problem is with the 100th tiger he says the 100th tiger poses a danger to your life now any intelligent man would have said why should i kill 100 tigers but the king he was very angry and he says okay i'll first kill 100 tigers and then only will i look after my kingdom he had heard from his tutors that in case you are faced with danger you can even kill a cow in self defense so he said why should tiger be a problem then so he made a proclamation proclamation is an order that is passed from the king that you cannot show any dissent towards it so he took out this proclamation that one nobody is allowed to hunt tiger henceforth you know in those days there were no animal activists there was no peta nothing like that anybody could go hunting anybody could hunt any animal and come back even if it was a tiger so the first thing that he said in his proclamation was that from that day onwards only the king was allowed to hunt tigers nobody else was allowed to do so the second thing that he said in the proclamation was that if anybody was even seen throwing a stone at a tiger all his property would be confiscated now the writer says it was celebration time for the tigers why so because they realized that since only the king could kill the tigers well they could survive a little longer nobody could throw stones at them nobody could trouble them not at all so it was celebration time for tiger now this king he started on a tiger hunting spree and in a matter of 10 years he managed to kill 70 tigers sometimes you know he was so brave he was so strong that sometimes he even killed the tigers with his bare hands while he was on the spree an incident happened where he was almost in the danger of 
losing his throne. Well, there was a British official, a high-ranking one. He wanted to hunt tigers. He was fond of hunting and he was even fonder of getting himself clicked with a hunted animal, with a dead animal. So he sent across a request to the king of Pratibandhapuram, that is Sir Jilani Jangjang Bahadur, that he had heard that there were many tigers in his kingdom and he would like to come for a hunt. Now Sir Jilani Jangjang Bahadur, he was very angry. He says, no, I cannot grant you the permission to do so. I have banned tiger hunting by everybody else in my kingdom. In fact, he sent back a message saying, we can organize a boar hunt for you. Boar is a wild pig. We can organize a mosquito hunt. We can organize even a mouse hunt. But we cannot allow you to hunt a tiger. The very fact that he was talking about mouse and mosquito and boar, it was almost like an insult to the Englishman. Anyways, he sent across this message. Now the Divan was a little worried. He said, you, you are sending this message to a high-ranking British official. But the king said, nothing doing. I am not going to allow anybody to hunt in my kingdom. The British official, he sent a message back. He says, okay, I will not hunt the animal. You can do the hunting and let me get a photograph clicked with a carcass of a tiger. But the king decided against this also. In fact, he sent a message back. He says he could not allow it because today it was him. He could explain the situation to him. Tomorrow it would be any other British official who would ask for the same favor. He says they may or may not accept his explanation. So he did not want to take that chance at all. He sent back that message that it would not be allowed. Both the king and the divan, they got into a consultation after that because they realized that this could be worrisome for their kingdom. So the king decided, okay, what we'll do is we will send a few gifts to the high-ranking British official's wife. Now, in their language, the high-ranking British official was called a durai and his wife would be called Duraisini. Sure enough, they sent a message across to the famous British jewelers in Calcutta and they asked for 50 diamond rings from that jeweler. Sure enough, the rings came and the king sent all the 50 rings to the Duraisini thinking that she would give one or two and she would return the rest back. But the Durai Sini, she kept all 50 of them. And she sent a thank you note saying that she was mighty pleased with the gifts. This cost the treasurer 3 lakhs from the treasury. We are talking about 3 lakhs. It is not 3 lakhs as in today. We are talking about times when people used to get 20 rupees as their monthly wage. So at that time, things were very cheap. If you go back in history, well, Rani of Jhansi was told you pay 50,000 rupees a month and the British would look after your province completely. They would look after the army, they would look after the food, they would look after their training, everything. 
so here we were talking about 3 lakh of rupees but the king he was still happy he says okay even if it is 3 lakhs at least my kingdom is safe now what does that show you about the king because of his own whim he was ready to use the taxpayers money for his own good well this incident happened it was forgotten the king carried on with his killing spree and he was able to kill 70 tigers in 10 years like i told you after he had killed 70 tigers the tiger population in pratibandhpuram became extinct there were no more tigers left now the king was worried he still wasn't anywhere near his tally so he kept on thinking thinking and then he came to a conclusion he called the divan and he told him that he wanted to get married so divan said okay you want to get married here the writer uses a little bit of humor he shows the divan as uh, very meek in front of the king and he's saying that you may get married to a sword like your family did and so on and finally it was decided that the king would get married to a girl whose father's kingdom had a huge tiger population so you see the emphasis was on the tiger population and not on the girl it's generally the other way around sure enough such a girl was found and the king got married and every time he would go to his father-in-law's house well he would hunt a few tigers and come back in 15 years he was able to take his tally to 99 tigers but his hard luck that the tigers even in his father-in-law's kingdom now there were no more left there the tiger king because he was killing so many tigers he got this name the tiger king was getting desperate he wanted to kill the hundredth tiger and get it over and done with but the tiger was not there the divan says a lot of people lost their jobs because the king had become very temperamental he would lose his temper very easily because of his frustration and things like that one day the tiger king came up with the idea he says make a proclamation again that whichever village will come to me with the news of a tiger that they have a tiger in the vicinity i will reward that village sure enough there was one village where the sheep were disappearing the villagers they asked the two huntsmen in the village Veerasami Naikar and Khader Ali if they were hunting but both of them they refused the writer says they had the ability to swallow sheep whole swallow sheep whole not as in eat but they could kill without a trace so once it was confirmed that both of them were not killing the sheep well it was taken for granted that the sheep were being killed by a tiger the villagers they went up to the king and they told him that they probably had a tiger in the vicinity the king was so elated that he immediately went to that village 
and he camped in the forest nearby also he passed an order that for the next 3 years the village would not have to pay any taxes so he exempted them from tax for the next 3 years sure enough one day went by two days went by three days went by weeks went by but the tiger was not found and the king he had started losing his temper people had started losing their jobs everything was in a mess at that time the diwan realized that if he did not do something soon well he would lose his job too so he contacted the people's park zoo in madras there was an old sick tiger in that zoo it was feeble it was it had lost all its strength it could hardly walk so he asked them to give that tiger to him that day when he reached home he was really perturbed he realized that he would lose his job very soon but the moment he reached home and he saw the tiger there he was happy now that night divan and his wife they pushed the tiger into the car to take him to the forest where the king had camped the tiger it was so old and so feeble that just the two of them could push him into the back seat of the car and drive him to the forest now remember we are talking about cars here we are talking about other things here which were not really found in those days once they had driven there they decided to let this tiger out now the tiger he refused to come out of the car and they had to literally shove him out of the car the writer says who knows that he went on a satyagraha in any case they shoved him out of the car and next day morning when the king saw this animal there he was thrilled well this animal the tiger he looked the animal it looked up at the king as if in supplication and it was almost as if okay you want to kill me kill me and get it over with the king got his rifle took an aim and he shot at the tiger the tiger rolled off onto his side the king was thrilled he had finally managed to kill the hundredth tiger or so he thought he told his people he said okay get this tiger in a procession to the capital he got into his car and he went away sure enough his people the soldiers they started preparing this tiger to be taken in a procession and when they tried to put him on a stretcher when they tried to put him onto the stretcher the tiger just rolled its eyes at the soldiers and they realized that the tiger was not dead it had barely become unconscious because of the sound of the rifle now there was a decision to be made amongst the soldiers should they call the king back and tell him he had not shot the tiger they realized that would be full of danger because the king would be very very angry so they decided that one of them would shoot this tiger and they would take it to the capital 
the other reason why they didn't tell the king was that what if the king demanded that they get another tiger where would they get another tiger from so there were two reasons for not telling the king number 1 the king would be angry they would be fired from the job and secondly where would they get another tiger if the king demanded so they took this tiger to the capital city it was taken out in a procession and a huge tomb was erected over the dead body of this tiger the carcass of this tiger why was the tomb erected it was erected to display the valor the courage of the king well he was vain once the tigers were out of the way the king decided to spend some time with the family and that day it was his son's third birthday till now he had not paid any attention to his own family he was only interested in tigers so that day he decided that he would get a gift for his son so he went to the shopping center now like i told you the words cars shopping center these things were not there during those days that is why this is a work of fiction and he did not know what a 3 year old child would like soon he came to a craft shop there he saw a small wooden tiger kept on the shelf now the king decided that would make a perfect gift for his son so he bought that he asked the shopkeeper the cost of this wooden tiger now the shopkeeper realized that the tiger was only for two annas but he also realized that if he told the king that it was only for two annas the king might increase the taxes he would say okay such cheap things are available in my kingdom let me increase the taxes since he did not want that to happen he told the king it was for 300 rupees sure enough the king instead of paying the shopkeeper he told the shopkeeper okay let this be a gift to the prince from your side now what does that show you about the king he is not really bothered about his people he is so vain that he wants people to give gifts even if they are not willing to do so he picked up the tiger and he left now this wooden tiger like i told you it was just two annas the craftsmanship was not very good so there were tiny slivers of wood coming out of this tiger and while the king and his son were playing with this tiger one sliver of wood it pierced the king's right hand a king was brave in those days there were no tetanus injections nothing like that king did not bother with his left hand he took out that sliver and he continued playing after a few days he realized that the wound had inflamed inflame means there was pus inside the wound he still didn't bother he got the dressing done and he kept on playing now after a few days he started developing fever that means the infection had spread throughout his body like i told you there were no injections during those days 
Gangrene must, must have spread in his body and that is why he developed fever. Now once his condition started deteriorating, three surgeons were called from Madras to operate upon the king. Well, they kept trying to revive the king, but they were unable to do so. And when they came out of the operation theatre, they said, The good news is, the king is dead. Now you realize how the people reacted to his death? They were so fed up. Now the question that is often asked is, how did the tiger take revenge from the king? The word you have to remember here is irony. The king who was so brave, so courageous, that he killed 99 tigers, sometimes with bare hands, was finally killed by a non-living wooden tiger that happened to be the 100th tiger. The irony is, he was killed by a wooden tiger. He was unable to kill a feeble, old, dilapidated tiger when the chance came. And finally, he met his death through a wooden tiger. That is the irony here. So finally, the 100th tiger, it took revenge upon the king.